because it is Friday the 13th, but instead of talking about superstition or bad luck, at least not yet, we're going to look at the movie franchise that took its name from this very unlucky day and turned it into big box office success. The first Friday the 13th movie was released way back in 1980, but it launched that franchise, and you know what, there's been dozens of them, feels like it, that would include 12 films, to be exact, a television series, novels, comic books, video games, merchandise, everything. Legal issues, though, mean we haven't seen, and a feud, mean we haven't seen a newest installment uh, of that series in quite some time now. Of course, back then, critics hated them, fans loved them. More than 40 years later, it is considered one of the most successful media franchises in the U.S. Jason's hockey mask has become one of the most recognizable images in horror and popular culture. He actually takes that mask from a character called Shelley Finkelstein in Friday the 13th Part 3, a role played by a young Larry Zerner. That movie all about a group of camp counselors who try to reopen a summer camp called Crystal Lake. Here is Shelley Finkelstein. I guess I fooled you, huh? Sure. Chris, leave him alone. He doesn't know any better. It was a joke. It was just a joke. I didn't mean to. You never mean to. And Larry Zerner joins me now from LA. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Ben. <laughs> Is this always a day that that uh, that means something special to you, given your given your your involvement with the franchise? It is. It is. People always were wishing me, you know, happy Friday 13th on the Twitter. And uh, um, yeah, it's always a day that makes me remember good times. It's not a bad luck day for me. No doubt. Um, it is one of the great or at least one of the more successful movie franchises of all time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. What's happened to it? Because we've seen reduxes of just about everything else you could possibly imagine from any era, uh, but we haven't seen a new Friday the 13th in quite a while. What's what's the issue? Okay, so there is a a battle going on uh, between uh, Sean Cunningham, who was the producer and director of the first movie, and Victor Miller, who wrote the first movie. And uh, you have to sort of get into the weeds of U.S. copyright law which provides that um, after 35 years, after someone has transferred their rights, a writer can, can terminate that transfer and get the rights back. Wow, okay. So uh, in, in this case, that's what Victor did. He had, he had transferred his rights, you know, in the script to, to Sean, and then um, he, he sent a, a termination notice, and Sean challenged the termination notice Right. saying because there's an exception to the rule which says if, the, if it was a work for hire which is a legal term um then you can't terminate and so this was litigated up and down the courts and well victor won at every level um and, and they confirmed it was not a work for hire victor was an independent contractor and so therefore the termination was valid and but the result of that again this is the weird part of u.s copyright law right. is that Victor owns the rights to the first, for the first movie or the screenplay to the first movie, but only in the United States. Okay. And Sean owns the rights to the first movie outside the United States. And he also owns the rights to all the other movies. Um, And since you can't really, because uh, people go, well, well, people want big Jason and, Big Jason wasn't in the first movie. 
Right, but Jason was a character in the first movie, and uh-huh. the author has the right to make derivative versions, just like we've seen movies where you take, like, oh, look at old Sherlock Holmes, or it's young Sherlock Holmes, right? Right. Same idea. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, so it's all caught Jason, up in the courts, in other words. It's no, still all caught actually, up, or, the, or in the legal, in legalese. No, the case ended. The, right. the, the, the case ended in September. Uh, uh, Victor won. The, the appellate court confirmed that Victor won, so he is he is won. But now comes the hard part of fashioning a deal. So if they make a new movie, well, no one's going to make a remake of part one. Right. That's in, the, in part one, if you're not a horror movie fan, Jason was not the killer. The killer was Jason's mother, Mrs. Voorhees. Jason was the little boy who drowned. He's in the movie for about 20 seconds, maybe less. <laughs> um, so uh, the Jason with the hockey mask doesn't really appear until the third movie. Uh, when uh, he gets it for me, I brought the hockey right. mask right. to Crystal Lake. And, and that's where you get Jason, uh, uh, the Jason people know and love. So if they're making a new movie and they go, well, it's going to have these elements from part one because it'll be Jason and all they'll mm-hmm. reference his mother, but really it's big Jason. These are all elements that the earth that are in other movies. How do you divide up the money that, that Victor should get right. as opposed to what Sean could get? And that's a tough question for anybody. There's no, there's no guidebook. There's no rules on that. And, and, and there is a lot of bad blood going back years because Sean made millions of dollars and Victor did not make millions of dollars. He, he, he made, so I made $9,000 for the script and he's made maybe a couple hundred thousand in residuals over the years, but a fraction of what Sean's made. And now he wants to make his money, but they can't make a deal. But it feels like they're leaving a lot of money on the table as each year goes by. Because I gather, and you know this because people talk to you a lot about the Friday the 13th series, there is huge demand for another one. They are absolutely leaving millions and millions of dollars on the table. I, I don't know if Sean cares. I mean, he's 80 years old. He's got plenty of money. He just may not care uh, about, about making another movie. Or like he's not going to make it without if it's on, not on his terms. And they can't come to terms. You, you wow. alluded to it earlier. We talked about it at the beginning, but uh, you're not just a legal expert in this and a fan of the film series. You're, you're intricately involved in all this because in many ways, the most iconic symbol of Jason is that mask. And you gave it to him as a character in Friday the 13th, part three, as the uh, prankster Shelley Finkelstein. Uh, yes, although, although giving is a, is, is, <laughs> maybe didn't give, uh, but <laughs> Jason got it from me. I brought it and uh, then, uh, you know, died a horrible death as uh, Jason took the mouse. Yeah, I, I, I was, I, what was it like? How did you end up in Friday the 13th, part three? Uh, it's actually an interesting story. I, I was uh, 18 years old. I was uh, wanted to wanted to be an actor. I was studying acting in college and trying to trying to be a professional actor, but I hadn't acted professionally. I'd done plays and, and you know, studied and was working on it. And I had a job um, making some extra money, handing out something we do in Los Angeles, handing out tickets to screenings approved to preview screenings of movies. Uh, right. So the, so the producers can see how it plays with the audience. 
And I was in Westwood on a Saturday night uh, handing out tickets to a movie no one had heard of called The Road Warrior, starring Mel Gibson. Uh, and yeah. um, these people came up to me and, and said, excuse me, are you an actor? And I said, well, yeah, I'm an actor. You know, I mean, I was. And they said, we wrote this movie and we think you'd be perfect for it. And it was the writers of the movie, Carol and Marty, who wrote the movie. And, and they sort of, I was just sort of exactly what they had pictured. I had the big afro and overweight and geeky. And, you know, and that was like, that's the guy. And so uh, I gave him information. And a couple of days later, I got a call to come in and audition. And, and then I auditioned. And I, I don't know how many other guys I beat out for the role, but it seemed like that role was really made for me. It, it was, so... A remarkable. So you're handing out flyers to, to what became one of the bigger movie franchises of the last uh, 40 years, as you're about to be recruited into one of the other biggest movie franchises of the last 40 years or so. I'm talking to Larry Zerner, who's an entertainment lawyer, but also an actor who happened to play Shelley Finkelstein in Friday the 13th Part 3. And we're talking about the Friday the 13th franchise and how um, legal battles and disputes between some of the original creators of the Friday the 13th series uh, have meant that we haven't seen a new Friday the 13th movie in quite some time after this we'll talk a bit more about friday the 13th part three and what was it what was it like to be uh, on the set of one of those iconic films we'll get to that after this I'm speaking with Larry Zerner. He's an entertainment lawyer as well as an actor. We were talking about, or we have been talking about, the Friday the 13th series, uh, uh, the legal disputes, and now just the negotiations going to try and see if this uh, very popular, very profitable movie franchise will ever be resurrected, as so many others have been of late. Uh, but even more interestingly, Larry was also in Friday the 13th Part 3. As he put it, he didn't give uh, Jason Voorhees the goalie mask that became such an important part of his character, but Jason did eventually take it after uh, Shelley's character brings it uh, to, to, the, to the lake. Um, Larry, what was it like to be on the set of one of those films? Because it seems like such a, a, a unique time in filmmaking history, these sort of low-budget slasher flicks that were so popular. Uh, I had the time of my life. It was certainly one of the, it was about, uh, we filmed for about, I filmed for about two months and it it was just great. I mean, to be uh, starting as an actor and be on a set and they treated me nice and, and, and paid me. And I had, uh, I had a blast. It was, it, it was just so much fun. We had fun. It was, it was a tough shoot because of the, 3D that took a long time. It was a very new 3D process. It was one of the first movies that did not use the old red and blue 3D. We had a new polarized 3D uh, where you have the clear glasses like you see now when you go to the IMAX film. Um, and they were really working out the kinks, so everything took forever, but that was just great because I had more time on the set watching them make this movie, which was so much fun. When you started out, when you were approached, had you heard of, I mean, you were living in LA, so I'm assuming you might've heard of the Friday the 13th series, but were you already a fan? Was it, was it a kind of genre of movie that you liked when you were young? I didn't see them. I don't think I saw, I didn't see them in the theaters. Um, and th they were not the type of movie that would play on television. They hadn't played on, on television yet. Uh, I don't think, and I think I went and rented them after uh, um, uh, after they came out. So after I got cast, so I could I could know 
Of course, it's not necessary that you know what's going on in the film because, of course, the kids don't know what's going on, right? They're just like, hey, I'm going up for the cabin for the weekend and I'm going to die. But they don't know. They don't know that, right? So, um, but I, I, I don't think I was really a fan. I hadn't seen them before. And, and they weren't as big a deal back then. I mean, it just, right, they had done two. Um, and, but there wasn't this thing where like, it wasn't iconic yet. It was just the, oh, just like a low-budget horror movie. Okay, great. But it had not, nothing like the staying power that it would eventually have. Just not in the, in the, in the zeitgeist as it, as it became. Yeah, I mean, I remember back in the day, the critics hated them. Uh, they were infinitely popular, but no one expected that many, many years later, those are the movies of the early 80s that people would talk about a lot and pay a lot of attention to. I mean, your character has become, you know, an iconic character in, in the history of early 80s movies. Um, when you go, when you were up there, I, I understand there were some interesting things within the shoot uh, because you were on your first movie set. So, but there were certain things in the movie that you had to had to learn. There's a famous scene of you backing into a, a motorcycle, but I understand that was uh, that took some doing. Oh, the, they did not let me drive. <laughs> they did not let me back that car into the motorcycle. That was uh, <laughs> they, I was a stunt driver because I just would. I, I did not know how to drive. I had to learn how to drive fifth. So there's a there's some shots of me driving, uh, but uh, a lot of it is was a stunt driver. Uh, certainly, there's that that whip around like i do a U, and that, that was not me and then they they had the car on a rig and did all that stuff but i, I could barely drive that car <laughs> but and, and just knowing i guess um i mean your character dies like most people in those movies did um yeah. but you never actually have a scene with jason Voorhees, do you like did did you meet him did you spend time with him uh yeah, I don't. I didn't have the pleasure of getting a, a, a kill scene. Um, uh, I would see Richard on the set. Uh, I didn't really talk to him. We never. It, we never really interacted. He, he was very imposing. Uh, he didn't really. He didn't really hang with the cast. I, I think purposely, right? Because he didn't right. want to, to to be different. But we didn't really. We didn't have any scenes together. So I, I would see him once in a while. But otherwise, I didn't really get to know him until. 20 years later when um, we started going to reunions and having screenings. And, and that's where I got to know. When, when we look back at those low budget films of that, of that era, how low budget was it? Like, what was it like to be on the set? I guess you didn't have much to compare it to. It was your first movie. Um, but what was it like just, you know, day in, day out, how intense was the shooting schedule? Uh, what kind of sort of tricks of the tricks of light did we not see as, as the audience uh, that you saw as uh, having been on set? Yeah, they actually, I think for part three, they actually had a better budget. I mean, the first movie, the budget was half a million dollars, $1980. I think the second movie was about a million. By the, for the third, it was four million. So they, they, they put some money into it. They had uh, mostly into the technical stuff. But I remember they, they, we had a great caterer. They fed us well. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, it, was, it was good. So it wasn't like, and it wasn't one of those rushed, like there were, I've certainly been involved in many uh, really low budget stuff where, where people are, it's all hurry, hurry, hurry. This was not that. It was a little, little more budget and, and they took their time to make it. 
I'm speaking with Larry Zerner. He's an entertainment lawyer and actor. He played Shelley Finkelstein in Friday the 13th, part three. We're talking about the Friday the 13th franchise uh, and why we haven't seen a new Friday the 13th movie in quite a while, as there's been first a legal dispute and now some negotiations that have to go on between some of the parties involved in the very first film and then one in the rest of the series before we might see a new one. Uh, we've been talking now a bit about just what it was like to be on the set of Friday the 13th, part three, back in 19. 19- in the early 1980s, a movie that did very well, like the rest of the franchise. Uh, after this, we'll talk a bit more about its legacy, because uh, the Friday the 13th franchise at the time was not seen as sort of high art. Uh, but certainly, um, in retrospect, 40 years later, those have become some of the most admired and popular films uh, of the era. And we'll be back with that. I'm speaking with Larry Zerner. He's an entertainment lawyer in Los Angeles and an actor who actually was in Friday the 13th Part 3, playing Shelley Finkelstein, the prankster who brings the hockey mask that would become uh, one of the most iconic symbols, or maybe one of the most recognized symbols in film, actually, uh, or recognized props in film. Uh, we've been talking about why we haven't seen a Friday the 13th uh, movie in quite a while. There's been some legal problems, some disputes between uh, the parties involved in the first film uh, as well, and some of the others after, obviously. Um, Larry, you, when did you sense that that the Friday the 13th franchise, and, and certainly the, the kind of pivotal role you pay, played in bringing the goalie mask into that third movie, when did you get the sense that the history of those movies was being changed, that there was a reassessment going on, and that people actually really admired what had been done? It was really in... Um like 2005, I went to uh, a convention in uh, New Jersey um, where for the first time they brought a bunch of Friday the 13th people there. Uh, uh, Adrian King, who was the first girl in the, the final girl in the, in the first movie and Amy Steele who was in the second movie and Kane Hodder, who was Jason in many movies. And the, there were about 10 of us all together. And that was the first time someone had brought a bunch of Friday 13 people to the same place. And we were in a room, you know, in, in, um, in this convention. And I'm told it was an hour wait to get into the room. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, what? Like, that's insane. Like, but well, that's what I, I had some inkling of, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the, these people who grew up in the eighties and nineties and really, you know, discover the movie when they were 12, 13, 14. I think that's really the sweet spot. You know, when you start watching it with your friends as you, as you go through puberty and somehow that clicks in your head and, and then you're a fan for life. And, um, and as they got older, they're like, oh, they couldn't get enough. It's, uh, but you had at this point, you had given up acting. I mean, you'd gone into law. How, how was that decision? I mean, I know you still stayed in acting to some extent, but, but you sort of went on to have, you know, a successful career. And when, when did you, decide that maybe acting was something that you had uh, really enjoyed, but you were going to do something different. Yeah, I think Hollywood decided that I, I should do something different because there wasn't, uh, just wasn't making any money being a, uh, an actor. I peaked early. And so, um, you know, uh, decided to do something that would uh, make a little money and went on to law school and said I wanted to do entertainment law. And so I, I, I focused on entertainment law and that's turned out really well. And I represent a lot of people in the, in the horror world uh, as a lawyer. And so it, I, and sometimes they give me parts in their movies, which is fantastic. So it's a, it's all, it, it's all worked out well. As an entertainment lawyer, there mustn't be many better calling cards when you want to represent people in the horror film industry than saying, hi, I'm Shelley Finkelstein. Uh, it helps. Uh, and, and sometimes it, it, it has helped. Uh, I, I, I once had a case uh, uh, involving a, 
copyright infringement on, about a horror film. And it really helped that I was familiar with the horror movie tropes and what, what was existing and what was new and how that worked out and, and worked out in a way that, you know, I won the case. And I knew that the other lawyers, they had no, they, they just had never seen horror movies. So they just didn't have the familiarity. And that really gave me an advantage. Do you have fond memories of when you, when you look back? I mean, you're, you're talking about just how much fun you had, but now that you look back at it in retrospect, do you ever watch Friday the 13th part three? Uh, well, I've seen it many, many, many times over the years. No so doubt. I don't normally turn it on. I know it's on. Uh, I don't know if you guys got AMC in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's on AMC tonight. Uh, uh, they do, you know, Friday the 13th, there's usually a marathon. And, and, Hall- and around Halloween, they usually show it. So it's, it's on. I don't, you know, and I, I own it. You know, I don't put it on. But I'll go to screenings. And hopefully this is our uh, 40th anniversary um, coming right, up in August. And right. uh uh, I, I hope there's going to be some screenings around town and uh, I'll go see it again. Cause you mentioned earlier, it was shot in 3d. There was a bit of a, a like, a, I remember this from the early eighties. There was a bit of a rise in 3d again. Some of them were good. Some of them were terrible. Uh, right. But, but you've always said that to really appreciate Friday the 13th part three, you need to see it in the theater in 3d, but that's not an easy thing to do. It is not. It requires a special projector. It requires a special screen. It's a it's a huge hassle. So it's very rarely shown in in 3D. But if you ever, if you're people listening, if you hear about a, a screening in 3D, go watch it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's just a different movie in in 3D. So many of the shots, there's just stuff coming out of the camera. And if you watch it on television, it's it, it doesn't have any effects, but in the theater, it works. It, it's fun. When you look back that, at that era of those films now, um, how do you assess it? When, when you look back, wh- why do you think they still resonate so much? You've mentioned about sort of people being young and so on, but it feels like a whole other generation of people who weren't even around to see those movies when they were released have come to really appreciate them. I, I, I don't know that I have a, a really good answer. I mean, I think, you know, certainly... To the extent that Jason and Freddy and Michael Myers have become the equivalent of what the previous generation's Universal Monsters was, Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Wolfman, right? That these are the new uh, archetypes. And um, but I think also because in, in those in those movies, the protagonists are all older, but in in, in the, this new generation, they're all teenagers, right? They're all just young kids who who are horny and geeky and 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 so it's much easier to relate to to the to the kids as they go up and to and to and treat them as your surrogate in the in the film and to and go like everyone you know goes up in the cabin in the woods or or you know goes trick-or-treating uh so or you know so you can all relate to to the villain or or that you can believe that could happen in a way that frankenstein and, and dracula don't really play as well anymore and your character i think is also shelly finkelstein's character has also gone through a bit of an evolution because i remember at the time he was meant to be annoying and he was sort of meant to be that (laughs) meant to be that character that that was going to you knew he was going to die eventually and perhaps you shouldn't be so sad when it happened but in fact if you look back at it shelly was actually a really vulnerable you know he's he's kind of a modern character in 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 a in a 80 early 80s movie i i think i don't know if that's an assessment that goes a bit over the top but he's actually quite a sympathetic character when you watch it again uh yeah uh you know he's it's it's hard because it is really i didn't 
it was really me. I mean, they didn't write it. You know, they didn't know me when they wrote it. But on the first day of filming, uh, the, the Steve Miner, the director, said, you know, don't do a character. You know, just be yourself. And so I really played Shelley as I would play it. Like, how would you do? How, what would you do in these situations? Because there really wasn't that much of a difference between us. We, we, all, we just had the same story, right? We were wannabe actors trying to get the girl. I mean, that, that, yeah, that was my life when I was 18. So it wasn't a stretch at all. And um, so, you know, all that is just how I played it because that's, that's how I was. I, I, I guess that was that's the appeal of it. It's quite it's a very uh, authentic character, so to speak. When you watch it, it kind of comes through. Uh, maybe that's what's that's what's made them appealing to a modern audience is they are very authentic, right? There's not much that's there's no method acting going on in that movie, right? Although um, look, he's, he's annoying to some people. People tell me they are annoyed by him, so it's, it's not <laughs> it's not everyone's cup of tea. I get it. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, do people still do people? I mean, you've mentioned it earlier. Do people still recognize you just on the street or sort of do you get stopped and looked at and all those things that people that people sort of recognize you, but aren't quite sure where they recognize you from? Very, very rarely. I mean, certainly since we had two years of wearing masks here. So we were, you know, no one, right. you know, not much recognized. For us. But if I go to a, a horror movie or someplace then yeah, people, people will recognize me and come up and say hi. And that's great. Are you looking forward to another Friday the 13th? Do you think that's, I mean, there's been so many reduxes done, so many remakes done. Um, do you think the franchise needs another film or is it, uh, or are you ambivalent about that? I really hope that they, Sean and Victor can get past this and, and make a deal and we can have more Friday the 13th movies. I think the public wants them. We've seen what they did with Halloween and brought that back. And I think they could even do better stuff with jason so i I really hope they they can work this out well uh it's been a great pleasure thank you so much larry zerner and uh yeah if you next time anyone out there puts on friday the 13th part three shelly finkelstein is a is a main character in that film um now you know who he is thank you so much for your time tonight and as many people wish you happy friday the 13th thank you so much for having me ben it was a pleasure